This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Otson Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Priam, Eric Scopa, Jared Mack. On the show this week, we are getting you ready for the UCLA game. But on today's show, we're going to look around the rest of the conference as well as maybe one or two games across college football that could impact the Oregon Ducks. And going to give some picks on Pac-12 games first and foremost. Let's dive in uh, to a Friday night affair. And, boy, this is another ugly game on ESPN2, 7.30 kickoff Pacific time, Washington at Arizona. And, guys, would you believe that this spread is Washington as an 18-point favorite? Um Huskies offense is struggling. Arizona's program may have a pulse, maybe, that that they're almost completely dead. They're, they are bad. Uh, I don't like either one of these teams, but it comes down to do I basically think Washington can score 30 points because that's probably what it's going to be required to uh, win this game by 18. But – Realistically, it's probably more like 20 because Colorado shut out Arizona last week. Um, I just don't see this game being close. I don't see Arizona, you know, they, what, they have uh, one scholarship quarterback and a bunch of walk-ons. Um, give me Washington covering and winning in blowout fashion, 34 to 13. Arizona didn't score any points against Colorado and Colorado is really bad and Colorado won 34 to nothing and uh, Arizona lost another quarterback for the season. And then I will go with Will Plummer who has twice replaced starters and looked terrible every time he's been out there. So good luck Wildcats. I don't think they're going to do very well. I don't know if they'll move the ball very much. I have a Washington team, which like Matt, I'm not particularly high on, but it's probably hard to be lower on a team than Arizona, who I, I just at this point don't expect to be very competitive from here. And actually kind of the or, how close Oregon was with Arizona actually now feels kind of worse because this, I know the Wildcats have lost some quarterbacks and they sort of played UCLA quasi-tough, but um, the rest of the season is going to get really ugly for them. And I think it starts this week. I have Washington winning 31-10. to 10. Honestly feel like I could have gone a little bit more there, but I, I, I really am not that confident in that Washington offense doing too much. And 31 feels like a right, about the right range for them to score. Um, maybe I'm even giving Arizona too much credit with 10 points considering they, they couldn't get any against Colorado. But um, either way, Washington wins and they cover. Yeah, I, this this game did not take that much research on. Uh, Arizona is really bad. Um, they were shut out by Colorado. And I like Colorado's defense. I think they're pretty good this year. But 11 players – had a recorded a, a rushing attempt for Arizona. Uh, that's usually never a good sign. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's Will Plummer. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Uh, Will Plummer is going to take over for them. He was seven of seventeen for seventy-one yards against uh, Colorado. 
Washington's pass defense is very good. The rush defense is mediocre. It's an average rush defense, but I don't I don't think Arizona's going to score more than 10 points. I think Washington's easily going to cover. I think Arizona's defense is that bad. I think Washington can run the ball on them and just have their way for most of the game. Uh, we might get some backup quarterback action for both teams. Maybe some walk-on love for Arizona. Uh, I, I have gonna say, who, who even is the backup for the Wildcats? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> We're going to find out on Friday. Uh, I have Washington winning 42 to 10. Uh, this one just isn't going to be close. It's going to be a bad look for Arizona. Maybe the Pac-12, but definitely Arizona. Next game on the docket is one of three straight games, or three games in the Pac-12 that are all kicking off at 1230. Um, that's stupid. Um especially when one of those is on the Pac-12 network, and that's this one, Colorado at Cal. Um, real quick, this game should be, be being played at like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Get you, get you away from the other games. Promote your own brand where you're not competing. Um, that's what I've said. Move on. Uh, 12.30 kick, Pac-12 network. Cal is a nine-point home favorite. Um, Colorado's got to be feeling really good about that win. Like, he, like Eric said, they blasted Arizona last week, uh, won that game in very impressive fashion. Cal probably feels good about themselves, even though they're one and five because they almost upset Oregon last week. Um, that offense, I think, will be a little bit uh, relieved to be playing Colorado's defense than Oregon's. Um, but I, so that you could see some progress there by Cal's offense. Uh, I don't believe Colorado and their 30 plus point performance against Arizona is something that's going to be ultra scary for Cal. Um, and so I'm leaning with this Cal team covering the spread at nine, which kind of feels difficult, but I, I just think this Cal team is probably better than the one and five record that they have. They played a couple teams really tough. And I just don't think Colorado is very good, which tells you how bad Arizona is. Uh, so give me California 27, Colorado 17. That's right in the range of points I think it's going to be. I am actually picking the buffs, though, um, oh. which probably surprised you a little bit. Um, going, putting my neck out there a little bit here. Um, well, bear with me. What 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 is it exactly about Colorado that lets them beat a team thirty four nothing and lets them be competitive throughout the season? Is because they have a good defense, and I think their defense is one of the more impressive in the South, which is not maybe saying a ton, um, but I, I do think they're going to be able to limit Cal. I didn't see enough from. I mean, like I know Cal scored seventeen points, and I'm actually picking them to score seventeen against Colorado. Um, I, I I also think like part of me feels like we we've seen this now when a team plays Oregon tough or a team plays Oregon the next week, there's kind of a hangover effect. Um, Stanford did not play very well the week after that game. Um, Arizona, I can't remember exactly who they played. They might've actually had a bye week so it didn't matter. They did have a bye week so it didn't matter. Um, but I just think that there might be a bit of a hangover effect for Cal and Colorado on the other end is coming off a, a big time win. Um, the home field thing doesn't mean anything to me at all. Cal has no home field advantage. Um, the same thing with Stanford, those Bay Area schools. They just don't have fan bases that that really impact games. So um, I don't. that part doesn't bother me. Um, I think Colorado wins on the road 24-17. This is definitely the boldest prediction I've made on the podcast probably this whole season. Um, but I'm just kind of sensing like 
these two teams maybe are a little more even than than some people think, and that maybe Colorado rides the momentum and Cal's kind of worn out from a tight game with Oregon. Those are all very good points. Uh, I have to disagree, though. I think Cal's going to win. I think they're going to cover as well. I have them winning 24 to 10. Uh, I really just don't think Colorado is that good. Uh, they had a punt return touchdown. They had two interceptions against against uh, Arizona last week. Um, at halftime, it was only six to nothing. Colorado scored 21 points in the third quarter. Um, they're just not going to be able to compete offensively, and I don't even think Cal's offense is going to be that good against Colorado. That's the thing. I just their offense is so bad that I think if Cal if Cal can put up more than 20 points, I I, I don't see it. Uh, their three leading rushers last week for Colorado didn't eclipse 100 yards total uh, against Arizona's rush defense, which isn't that good. And I think Cal's is probably a better rush defense. So it's going to be a lot of a lot of trying to go through the air, which Cal has some, you know, some susceptibility of being not that great. But yeah, I still have Cal winning. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna cover nine points is a lot. The home field doesn't matter, just like what Eric said. But I think it's enough to uh, to bet on. I think they'll win twenty-four to ten. How dare you doubt, doubt Brendan Lewis and that? <laughs> Me? How oh. dare you? <laughs> BYU at Washington State is the next one. A, a really rare midweek or midseason non-conference game in the Pac-12. I know on this. Schedule this week, too. There's another one, but it's a traditional USC-Notre Dame meeting. They always play in the middle of October. Um, but this one just feels strange. I'm curious what, what led to it. Um, this game kicks off at 1230. It's on Fox Sports 1. BYU is the is the road favorite, three and a half points. And I think this game could go two different directions. Um, Washington State fired their head coach, Nick Rolovich. And also four assistant coaches because they did not meet the state mandate from the governor about public employees being vaccinated by yesterday's deadline. Um, and I think two scenarios come out of this from a game perspective. The first, Washington State gets blasted. They they are not competitive. They struggle in this win in this game. It's sloppy. Um, and the second one is the faithful fans of the Cougars pile into Martin stadium. They Cougar team rallies around one another and they play some really inspired football and pull off a home upset in an environment. That's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, Jaden De La Laura has already gone out and asked fans to, to show up to Pullman and Martin stadium and pack the stands. Cause the team needs them. I'm curious to see what the fan base his reaction is going to be like in this game. Um, I think it's all going to be for naught, though. I, I, I just – you fire a coach midweek, you lose four assistant coaches. I know you're preparing for this. I just don't see how BYU wins this game – or loses this game. Even though I, I think the Cougars are maybe – BYU Cougars are a little overrated Um Give me BYU 33, Washington State 24. I'm, zig I'm zigging and zagging here again, guys, because I, I actually think Washington State was pretty dang impressive over the weekend, and I understand what's going on at head coach, but like Matt said, that we've kind of known that that's been a distraction for a really long time, and I know now we've reached the point where it actually matters because he's not coaching there anymore. 
Um, and, and maybe I'm overlooking his impacts and his roles here in terms of what this leads to for Washington State. Maybe they will be sloppy. Maybe they will look disorganized. I think, honestly, having watched them now the last couple of games, I'm kind of impressed with the Cougars. Um, like, that defense is, I think, vastly underrated in this conference with with the way that they can compete and, and slow down opposing offenses. Um, they're actually really good against the run. Like, I mean, there was almost no run success all game for Stanford and, and BYU offensively is is somewhat of a varied offense, but they do like to run the football. And I think Washington State will have some success there. Um, I, I'm also leaning on Jaden Delora looks really good. Like when he's healthy, this Washington State team has actually been really impressive. Um, I think they've only lost one game he wasn't available for, and they've won three straight over Pac-12 teams. I'll take Washington State in this one, 27 to 21. I think it's competitive. I actually think that the home field advantage here really does matter. Um, I mean, I talked talk about the Cal Colorado game where it doesn't have an impact. Martin Stadium can be a huge weapon and a huge edge for the Cougars, and I, I think they will. They will. Be, I think they'll be ready to back their team, and I think the team will respond. So I, I'm going with Washington State winning its fourth fourth game consecutive year, uh, 27-21 over BYU. I have once again flipped my pick mid show. <laughs> I am now I'm going. Huh? Is this allowed? Uh, I haven't said it yet, so we, we can do it. I have, I now have the Washington State Cougars winning 32 27. Uh, I think this is a bit of the Patrick Ewing effect, where the Patrick Ewing theory, excuse me, where yeah, Nick Rolovich is gone, but I do feel like they'll continue to play well. And it's, I, I don't think that they've played well because of his coaching. I think it's mostly because Jaden Delora is healthy, just like what Eric is saying. Um, Wazoo is a tough place to play on the road. It really is. And if they get that stadium full like they're asking for, and if the team or if the fan base rallies around the team, I think that could be really impactful to BYU and going there and in the middle of the season and on conference slate. Um, and yeah, Washington State, this will be four straight wins, not over a Pac 12 opponent, but three over a Pac 12 opponent. They've really been kicking it in high gear recently. And uh, I have them winning 32 27. I should note BYU's also lost two straight games. Yes. So that's part of my kind of cautiousness there of going big, big Cougs. I guess they're both Cougs, but that Cougs. It's going to be a weird game. Cougs versus Cougs. Um, mm-hmm. I guarantee the broadcast crew will have fun with that, especially because it's an FS1 broadcast. We'll probably get Tim Brando and think <laughs> about it. Uh, next game on the docket is probably the one I'm most interested in outside of the Oregon game, Utah at Oregon State. This is two teams that are at least tied for the divisional lead in their respective divisions. Kickoff 430 on the Pac-12 networks. Utah is a road three-point favorite. And I think this is a game Oregon State is going to win. It's in Corvallis. The fan base is probably a little energized, pretty juiced up at this good start by Oregon State. I don't think Utah is a bad team, but I also don't think this is their best version of the Utah brand the last five or six years. Um, and I think this game is going to be probably the most competitive in the conference this week. Uh, the Beavers are playing good. Utah is, is solid. Utah's offensive strength is a power run game. Oregon State's offensive strength is their rushing attack. Both teams are in the border 
uh, bottom quarter of the league in passing yards. Um, they're both really good against stopping the run. So it's good on good versus for both sides here. And ultimately what's going to decide this is I think is who has the better passing attack. I might think Cameron rising is, is the better quarterback um, between these two guys, but just something about Jonathan Smith and his play calling has me thinking Oregon state 30 Utah 27. For the third straight pick, I'm going against Matt here. I'm going Ooh. Utes. I'm going Utes. I, I I don't feel. I mean, this is the one I have the least confidence in. Although I made some outlandish picks right before it. I, I really, really <laughs> almost Oregon State here because I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot to like with this Beaver team. Um, I was really impressed with the way Utah responded against Arizona State. I mean, they they scored 28 unanswered in the second half there, and and what we saw there was for a half probably like. For my money, the most impressive half football a team has played within Pac-12 play. I think obviously what Oregon did in Columbus is the most impressive game a team has had this year, UCLA against LSU being second. But for Utah to go and to outscore that Arizona State team by 28 points in the second half in a game between two teams that are, are right in the mix of that Pac-12 South race, I was I was impressed. I think I think they showed me some stuff that maybe I wasn't expecting to see and just the way they rallied. So I, I'm writing the Cameron Rising thing. Um, I think they, they've been unbeaten since he's taken over. There's also some motivations here with just some really tragic things that have taken place with the Utes, and they almost sort of feel like a team of destiny now, two consecutive years losing, you know, pretty key players, sadly, to, to gunshot deaths. And one of these just happened in the last couple of weeks. So I think there's a little bit of that at play, too, here with the Utes. So I'm going Utah 34-28 over the Beavers. Oregon State is coming off a bye. I don't think that's going to help. I think oh. Utah is really rolling right now. I think there's a reason why they're a three-point favorite on the road. I have them winning 34-27, and I am riding very high on the Cameron Rising train. Uh, last three games for Rising, 13-23 for 137, and his first start against Washington State got the win. Then against USC in Los Angeles, he goes 22-28, 360 yards, three touchdowns. Pretty darn good. Last week against Arizona State, 21 of 33, 247 yards, two touchdowns passing, 59 yards on the ground, and one touchdown. He averaged almost 10 yards a carry against Arizona State in that second half. Those are legit numbers. This this offense, this team has completely changed once they gave Rising the job. And I, I think they're going to keep riding that momentum into Oregon State. I think they have a lot of – I think they have a lot of chemistry on their side right now. I think they have a lot of momentum. And I think they're going to keep it going against Oregon State. So give me Utah 34-27. Jared, do you think the Utes keep rising? Oh. <laughs> Look at you. You think that's been used as a headline yet? <laughs> Probably. I'm disappointed in myself for even saying it. Move on. This feels like a separation <laughs> Saturday for uh, our picks here. Uh, yes. We're, we're, we're going separate directions. Um Next game, last game in the Pac-12 before the Oregon game, which we'll pick if you listen to the show on Friday. USC at Notre Dame, 4.30 kick, broadcast on NBC. Those darn Irish, uh, fighting Irish, are favored by six and a half. And I think USC is probably close, or if not better, in team talent than Notre Dame. I just don't think... A, USC has developed their players 
across the board very well. B, I think this team is kind of in a free fall right now. Um, they had that good win against Washington State the week of Clay Helton's firing, but then they've been sporadic. And um, last time they played, they just got blasted at home by Utah. Um, and I don't think they're well coached in really any area um, of, of this game. And so with it being played in South Bend, with Notre Dame being more than respectable, um, I just don't see how this USC team wins. You know, they, they have the talent to. I just it, it just doesn't seem possible. Um, I think the defense gets torched. The offense has a good game, though. And they're kind of in it throughout the entire game, but not really in it through the entire game, if that kind of makes sense. Always kind of one or two scores away for, for most of this football game. Give me Notre Dame 38, USC 27. I think it's close. I'm not picking against you, Matt, on this one. Sadly, I wish I could make it four in a row because that would have been really fun. But no, I, it would be hard to do that. It would be hard to convince myself USC is going to beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, Notre Dame, similar to Oregon in terms of just doesn't put away all the teams they should. They've won three games by one score against teams I think are about the same caliber as USC, Florida State, Toledo, Virginia Tech. Um, I think USC can can compete at that same kind of caliber. And for some reason in my head, I have this as a game where like maybe USC gets ahead early, gets up like, I don't know, 28 to 14, and then just kind of piddles it away in the second half. Like it kind of feels like one of those where it's like, oh man, maybe the Trojans are going to win a big one for the Pac-12. And then it just, by the end of the game, it's pretty clear that's not happening. So I, I, don't, I actually have Notre Dame not covering. I have Notre Dame winning 41-35. I think it's pretty close, but I don't think the Trojans are good enough to get over the hump this year. I don't think that this is going to be a close one. I have Notre Dame winning 42-24. to uh, Both teams are coming off buys. Uh, this is still a Notre Dame team that can somehow maybe think that they can fight for a college football playoff berth. Um, they're definitely going to come out there swinging. Uh, USC is still like a name brand where they want to get a win over them. It'll still mean something in the long run. Uh, it's in South Bend. Brian Kelly always gets up in these games. They've been really good recently. They've actually been really close for the most part. Uh, I think there was a blowout one year. But I don't know. Every, every time I watch USC play, except for that one game against Washington State, they just kind of seem dejected. Like there's not a lot of oomph going around the program. There's not a lot of chemistry there's just not a lot of excitement and i think the fan base realizes that i think the team has come to this conclusion they have a lot of talent no doubt about it but i think notre dame is just a far better prepared team better coached better chemistry i just think they're going to roll over usc other games around the country that could maybe play an interest for oregon i, I think an upsets we're supposed to pick upsets around the, con the country. Um, I almost picked a game that's actually going to be played later tonight, and that's Coastal Carolina, who's 14 in the country. They're undefeated. They're playing App State. Um, I almost picked that upset. I think it, it could be um, an upset special. But I'm going to roll on the SEC, and I'm going to roll a dice here a little bit, and I'm going to pick LSU to go on the road and beat 
a top 15-ish team in Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss is 12th in the country. They're 5-1. and one. Matt Corral is dealing with some injuries, and Kiffin has come out and said that, you know, he might play. If he does play, he's he's going to be dealing with an injury. He might not play. And I know LSU is dealing with a lot of injuries. I know Ed Orgeron has agreed to part ways with LSU at the end of the season. But I, I think we're going to kind of see a, a kind of a, a situation where LSU maybe plays really well for its head coach on the road in an, an environment that can – be deemed hostile, but I think it's winnable. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Tigers of LSU to win this game. They're a nine point underdog. Uh, give me LSU thirty one, Ole Miss twenty seven. Trying to figure out if this qualifies. So Oklahoma State, eighth ranked team in the country, goes to Iowa State, which is unranked, but Iowa State is a seven point home favorite. Yeah, which is sort of. Weird? Yeah, it's kind of boggling my mind here. Where it's like a top ten team goes on the road and is a seven point really? underdog. So like, if that qualifies, that would be my pick, um, and that would be significant for Oregon. That would move Oregon up in the polls, assuming they win, because um, the Cowboys are currently eighth nationally. They're undefeated. Iowa State is a team that's lost twice already. Obviously, preseason people thought really. High. Jared, are you looking just to make sure I'm right? Are you checking that? You're so confused. I'm so so confused by this. Yeah, I saw that and it was just what. what? So if that qualifies, I will take that. Um, the other game I had written down was the one Matt just mentioned was the LSU Ole Miss with maybe old you know Ole Miss dropping one to a motivated LSU team. It's weird, isn't it, Jared? Jared still like hasn't. Has I'm perplexed, a- man. This that doesn't make any sense at all. It's so number I, eight team in the country. What the heck? Yeah, no respect for the Cowboys, despite being ranked eighth nationally and the Cyclones not being ranked at all. Um, I'm going to pick the Cyclones to actually win. And uh, I don't know if they'll cover or not. I guess if we're picking scores, I said they won't cover, but that they'll win by a field goal. We'll say 34-31 um, just for the fun of it. I, I was looking – I said I was looking through this going like, I think this qualifies because this is a top-10 team and that would really help Oregon. But they're technically a, a, a one-score road underdog, which is just doesn't compute. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of still kind of confused by that one. I'm, I'm looking at the slate. And there's not a lot of good picks, honestly, for an upset. Uh, the LSU yeah, one really is good. Tough. Yeah, it, re- it really does. The LSU one is solid, but that's mostly because of injury personnel for, for Ole Miss. Um, that Ole Miss offense is really good. So I wouldn't be surprised if whoever their backup is comes in and actually does pretty well. Um, I don't really want to pick that one because I, I like Ole Miss a lot. Uh, I'm on the Lane Kiffin train this year. That Oklahoma State one, like, yeah, that's clearly an upset if Iowa State wins an unranked team being a 6-0 Oklahoma State team. But a seven-point favorite. It's weird. Is that? Uh, I I don't know if I'm – I don't even know if I can pick one here. I also was looking at Ohio State and Indiana. I went with Indiana last week to beat Michigan State. They only lost by five. Um, Let me check the spread on that one to see if Indiana is a home favorite. Let me give you one. No, they're Ohio State's uh, minus twenty. Let me give you. <laughs> um, can I give you? Can I give you one? Sure. Why not? Clemson at Pittsburgh. Yeah, Clemson is the underdog. Yes, Clemson's the underdog. Yeah. There you so go. You're saying 
Clemson to beat Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh sure. to beat Clemson. <laughs> either way, <laughs> either way, it would feel like an upset. <laughs> um, gosh, I can I pass? I don't, I don't know, man. I'm very confused here. Just none pick, of these. Uh, can't lose I, don't play, Jared. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna hop on the LSU thing. I, the, the Matt Corral injury is gonna be really, really detrimental to Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> it's just such a confusing slate. I have how to about, look at all of these now. What, uh, just run a vortex with uh, Eric's pick. With my God, buddy. you just destroyed my brain. What, um, <laughs> Jared? What do you think about Wake Forest at Army? Is that an upset? <laughs> well, Army's, Army's, uh, Army, Army is one of those teams, yeah. They can, they could. That doesn't really help Oregon, though. Wake Forest is undefeated. Wake Forest, yeah. Is undefeated, so they're yeah, they're a good squad. Uh, I'm just gonna go with the LSU over Ole Miss. Ole Miss still a nine point favorite. That line hasn't really changed recently. Uh, I'll take LSU, thirty four thirty one. Let's say they win on a last second field goal. That's my nice score too. That's a great score. 34-31 great, feels perfect. Great score. Great, great pick too. A lot, a lot of thought went into that one. Air, Air Force <laughs> at home against undefeated San Diego State. Air Force is six and one. There you go. Ooh. But they are technically a three and a half point favorite. It's it's a weird. There's so many weird ones where the better team is a is like an underdog this week, and it sort of throws you off. Do 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 we buy Miami has any life in them? They're only a no. three-point underdog at home against NC State. I like NC State. I think they're actually kind of good. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Oregon fans want Miami to win that game just so that the Mario to Miami rumors calm down. Not that any of us believe those to ever be true, but just every Miami loss, they seem to pop up again. So. There you go. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Odds and Audible podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back tomorrow with another preview, another look at Oregon versus UCLA. Uh, that game is on 1230 on ABC on Saturday. Game day in the house for that game as well. Uh, we'll make our game predictions on our Friday show. So until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audible podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.